Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. Our mission at New Hope is to engage our city with the love of Jesus, one relationship at a time. We pray this message encourages you in encountering God's love and displaying it to your city. We hope to see you soon. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter uh, 20. If you don't have a Bible, feel free to pull it up on your phone or grab one of the Bibles from the seat back in front of you. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, which is one of the black hardback Bibles in the seat back in front of you. If you want to grab it, for the most part, the pages are the same as mine, but sometimes they're different. I'm on page 61. I think that's where you'll be able to find it. One of the black hardback Bibles is on around page 61, Exodus chapter 20. We're continuing in our Ten Commandments series And so I want to pick up our reading in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, kind of summarize where we've gotten to up until today's text, which is verse 12. So Exodus 20, beginning in verse 1, if you're there with me this afternoon, just simply say amen. Amen. Exodus 21, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then our commandment, verse 12, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land your God, that the land your God is giving you. Commandment one says that we are to have no other gods, that God is one and he is supreme. This speaks to his authority, that speaks to his uniqueness and supremacy over all of creation. Second command, we are to have no graven images. We are to have no idols in our life. An idol is simply when we elevate anything, person, or place over God. And second command challenges not to do that. We unpacked that a few weeks ago. We talk about taking the Lord's name in vain and how we revere and talk about him, how we use his language, and we talked about that we want to do that in a way that honors him and blesses him. And then last week we talked about remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We talked about last week how this commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, is a challenge to remind us of our need for rest and the need to prioritize worship. To remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Sabbath, this is a picture of rest, and we unpack the importance. Not only did they rest from work, but they were intentional to gather and celebrate and to worship God. And so we um, prioritize the gathering of the body of Christ, and we prioritize coming together, not out of legalism, but because we recognize this is an opportunity for the church to gather, to worship Him, and for us to be encouraged and to edified. And so we obey this commandment partly by prioritizing the gathering of the body. And then this week, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord your God is giving you. 
The main point of the sermon is simply the commandment, honor your father and mother. Honor your, your father and mother. Three truths to unpack uh, what it means to honor uh, your father and mother as we look into this commandment. First, we're going to look at the relevance of this command. Why is this command important to us today? Second, we're going to look at the requirements. What actually is this command telling us to do? And there's, there's, not a, there's not like a secret, oh, it doesn't really mean what it says. No, it means what it says, but we're just going to unpack that. So what is the requirement? And then lastly, what is the reward? So the relevance, the requirement, and the reward. First, looking at the relevance of this command. I think as we look at the relevance, it's just starting by saying and laying a foundation for the importance of the family within not only a biblical understanding of family, but as it relates to this command. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus says this, "'Children, obey your parents in the Lord.'" For this is right. And then he quotes our text. Honor your father and mother. And then he kind of gives a, just a side to say, this is the first commandment with the promise. And if you haven't noticed that as we walk through the Ten Commandments, it is the first commandment with the promise. That has a reward, which we'll get to. Verse 3 of Ephesians 6. That it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This text in Ephesians 6 not only uses our text, but in the place that it uses our text makes my point of the importance of the family. Just prior to this text in Ephesians 5, we see uh, Paul outline the role of husbands and wives and their relationship to one another, which is important. But more important than that is what is the foundation for his argument in Ephesians 5? And it's to say that the family, that the marriage relationship specifically, and then the family as a whole is a earthly, physical, visible picture of the eternal relationship between Christ and the church. And so if we're going to talk about the family, we can't really talk about the family from a Christian biblical perspective without recognizing that the family is an example and is a picture and is a reflection of the kingdom of God between Christ and his church. Therefore, how we treat the family, how we treat relationships within the family, and how we honor our father and mother has an importance on what overall we take away and how we understand a biblical picture of the family. And so this commandment and obedience to this commandment is rooted in this picture of what it means to have the family represent Christ and the church and the picture of that. I mentioned last week and that as we look at the Ten Commandments, it's broken up into kind of two sections. The first four commandments deal with our relationship to God, and the last six commandments, this one plus all that follow, deal with our relationship to one another. And I think it's important that we see that this commandment is really a bridge commandment. And what I mean by a bridge commandment is I mean that honor your father and mother, as we'll unpack when we get to truth number two, has one foot in the first four commandments as it deals with our relationship with God, and has one foot in the second half of the Ten Commandments as we deal with one another, meaning we're going to see that as we honor your father and mother, as I already alluded to during our prayer time before song number three, actually is a commandment that helps us reflect and how we think about God. But the relevance of this commandment is the importance of the family. And not to get into uh, too many uh, necessarily cultural applications, but it is to say that our biblical understanding of the family is continuing at times to be challenged and uh, eroded within our culture. 
And when I say that as the church, we need to see the relevance of this command and emphasize the importance of a biblical understanding of family, it is not to say that we should do that because we don't like that people are disagreeing with us or taking away our feelings about things. No, but it is to say that we believe God's designed the family as a foundation for how oftentimes relationships and people and communities go together. That when families are broken, we often see other relationships around that broken. And let me step in for a second and just simply say this. There are many parents that are in this room um, that are single parents. And I want, as we talk about family and we talk about parenting, we talk about some of those things and the importance of family and the importance of a biblical understanding of family, that is in no way to isolate the reality that it may be we live in families that aren't necessarily what we might think is the ideal, picture-perfect family. My goal today to say the importance of the family is not to say if you're not doing it this way, then you just quit and give up because there's no point in trying or anything like that. It's not to say that, but it is to say that we really believe, that I believe, based off the argument of Ephesians 5 and 6, that God, or excuse me, that Paul is just saying that God designed the family to be a model, an example of that incredible relationship between Christ and the church, and therefore, how we treat the family will directly reflect how we treat God. Therefore, as we put an importance on the family, it will correlate in the importance that we put into our relationship with God. And even as parents, the importance that our children will put into relationship with God. So I just want to simply say, as we talk about family tonight, I think it's, it's, it's a very relevant topic because it's an important theological idea to think about the family as it relates to how God's designed His church and His relationship with the church. But that's a quick truth number two is the requirement. What is this commandment telling us to do? It's giving us an explicit commandment and an implicit commandment. The explicit commandment is what it says. Honor your father and mother. What does it mean to honor your father and mother? Uh, There's a lot of ways we can give this answer, and this answer honestly can be applied in a lot of different positions and context in your life. And so how I would encourage one in this stage of life versus this stage of life to apply this text would be different because there are contexts, there are circumstances that help us understand to apply this. I do want to start out by going, I do think of all the Ten Commandments, this one in particularly is often the answer to what does it mean to honor your father and mother is often more culturally applied than biblically interpreted, okay? Culturally applied versus biblically interpreted. Let me give an example. I um, am the interim pastor of a uh, Chinese-English-speaking congregation in Chinatown, and I was recently having a conversation with a couple um, who are wanting to get married and uh, who they are believers, but their parents are not believers, and their parents have a completely different idea of what uh, they want for their children, and the person that they're wanting to get married to is not what they had imagined for their kids, and so neither parents are blessing their relationship. And so they came to me, and they said, well, what do we do? We want to get married, but we want to honor our father and our mother, and our honor, honoring our father and mother, they're not blessing us. Does that mean we cannot get married? Now, I'm not getting into what I said to them, but here's the, here's the point I'm making, is them coming from a culture, and that uh, a Chinese culture is a lot more 
uh, familial and family-oriented than the culture that I grew up in and extreme Western individualism, meaning that I, I talked to my parents about who I was going to marry and when I was going to propose to Jenna and being married, but I, I never was seeking their permission. Not to say I didn't respect them, but that just wasn't something that was in our culture, meaning I talked to them and I sought their wisdom and I sought these things, but my parents never, there was never that simple expectation. My point is, is a lot of times, sometimes our culture and what our culture has taught us about how we treat one another often will change how we apply this text. Now, I'm not to say one is right or wrong, but it is to say, let us step back and go, what does it mean to honor your father and mother outside of any specific culture? And to that, we look at honor and honor your father and mother. And I, I really just think there's two things I want to, I feel like that are very clear that will apply no matter the context. I think it means that you respect and you obey. You respect and you obey. Let's unpack those two things. What does it mean to respect your parents? It's very similar to honor. It can be a synonym at times. But to unpack it a little bit, respect, I want to say it this way, is it greatly affects how we speak to them and how we speak about them. How we speak to them and how we speak about them. When we think about, as a, I, just, I just immediately think of teenagers. And the teenagers in the room, you might get picked on a little bit today, and I'm sorry. Um, but when I think about my teenage years, I, I kind of cringe at going, mm, how did I speak to my parents? And I'm grateful my mom's not in here to go, oh, I'll tell everybody how you used to talk to me, you know? But I think about those moments and I go, ooh, I think there's a lot of areas for me to repent in this. There's the challenge to how do we speak to them and how do we speak about them. Even when we think about how we speak about them, I think about moments as a teenager when my parents gave me a curfew or my parents told me to do this. And, and I just thought, man, that's so dumb that they're telling me I have to do this. And, and I remember moments griping with my friends that my parents say I can't do this. My parents say I got to go do that. And I remember as I look back and at times how I, I just talked extremely negatively about my parents. I'm going, man, I, I didn't honor them very well. See, I was the kid, uh, my brother, I wish my brother was here because my brother, um, he would tell me that I was the perfect child and because I, when it comes to obedience, I was really obedient to my parents. And some would go, man, you're such a good Christian kid. Nope, I was just afraid of my mom spanking. I'll just be honest. Like my mom, she can discipline or she can get on to me. She, she knows how to get at me. So I, I was just, I, I obeyed because, I, you know, I feared my mom a little bit. And, but when it comes to respect at times, that wasn't the case. I may have been obedient to them, meaning I did what they asked, but I may have done it in a really unhealthy attitude. You know, there's sometimes, I, I learned from my parents, as I relate into my parents, I'll ask my kids to do something, and sometimes, maybe, um, so recently, we got our kids a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, and I'm grateful for that, whatever, and they're playing something, and we'll say, hey, we're asking you to go do something. And it's this, this whole... Uh, hit pause, put the remote down, stomp off and do what we're doing. It's like, hold up, right? I not only want you to be obedient, but I want you to respect me and have an attitude. And so when we think about respect and obedience, the two go together. Obedience a lot of times speaks to our actions. Respect a lot of times speaks to our motivations and our attitudes within those actions. To honor your father and mother, it's, it's literally a Hebrew word that kaved, which means to be heavy and have glory. It's often a word that's associated with God as we relate to him. To have high esteem of and to respect, which Paul directly recognizes that in Ephesians 6 to mean obey your parents. 
not just think highly of them. Look, you can think highly of your parents and not obey your parents. It's not it. But it's thinking highly of your parents, honoring them. Now, time out once again. There's a lot of us and a lot of you in this room who go, you know, I may have had not the greatest relationship, so to think, think highly and to honor them in much pain and difficulty, I want to recognize that, that that may be the case. But even in um, that pain and that difficulty, there is a gospel forgiveness that can be brought into those relationships. Now, whoever said forgive and forget, I just want to be honest. Forgive and forget is, is I think, something only Jesus can do. Uh, I think the Lord can empower us to forgive, but sometimes it's really hard to forget the pain. And, and I don't know necessarily that, I'm getting on a rabbit trail a little bit, but I'm, I'm trying to get into the reality that even in the pain and the suffering, there, because of the gospel and what Jesus has done in our life, there's a, there's, a, there's a mode in which we still honor and respect parents, honor and respect our parents. What about pastor, as we think about honoring and respecting our parents, what does that mean exactly? Does it mean I always have to do everything they say? I do, and I, I, not to um, go into this too much, but I do think that this applies differently in different stages of life. Meaning when our kids are younger, they, they, it's just like, hey, whatever I say, it goes. Like there's this really this kind of rules mentality because of their development and because of their relationship. But as, as my kids get older, and like my parents did with me, they went from really just being this person who uh, set rules and regulations to someone who was more focused on principle and guidelines, meaning they kind of became a coach in my life where they would speak into, and then eventually as I got older, then they're, they're kind of um, just that person who um, honestly cheerlead for me. That when I honor my parents today, that does not mean if my mom's like, hey, you've got to do this, that, I, that I'm not under her authority in the same way. And so I do think obedience changes in different seasons of life. I think respect changes in different seasons of life. And so it's not to say, well, your Scripture says honor your father and mother, and so and forever you have to do exactly what they say. I do also want to say uh, that not only as it changes in time, I also want to say that our first allegiance is to Christ, which leads me to the second implicit command. What is the explicit command? What's the implicit command? And I'll kind of bring it, it together. The implicit command is in the ending statement, which is the reward, which will unpack the reward. But I want you to see in verse 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. This is a covenantal language. It is in covenant, as we look through God's relationship with his people, that it's in covenant with them that the promise of the covenant is that they would go into the promised land, that God would bless them, and that they would flourish. And so, and this is as we think about this uh, blessing of going into the promised land and living a long life, it is implying that honoring your father and mother is more than just a relationship. I think explicitly and primarily it's speaking to the relationship that we have with our earthly parents. But the implicit command is this, that you honor the covenant heritage that is given to you. When God gives this commandment, this is why I said I really think this commandment has one foot in how we relate to God and one foot in how we relate to others. How we relate to others, that foot is dealing with the explicit command, honor your father and mother. The implicit command is why do we honor our father and mother for a few reasons, but one of them is because it is our parents specifically. It is the 
parent generation that is receiving the covenants from Moses that God has given them, and for the next generation, by honoring their father and mother, they're being faithful to that covenant that is being passed on to them, which has a specific connection to the reward of the covenant that you will live long in the land in which you are going. And so to honor our father and mother is specifically for the Israelites here is to say your parents have received from, they came out of Israel, they, or excuse me, they came out of Egypt, uh, Moses got, they received this covenant right here in this moment, and you honor them by honoring the covenant that is being passed on to you. It's a generational blessing, and it's a generational promise. It's a challenge to be faithful to the covenant that God has given us. This is why Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Shema, we've talked about this, as parents disciple their kids, says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Sounds similar to even the first commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. See, when it says honor your father and mother, implied in that is that your parents were going to be faithful to the Shema. It implied in that was that your parents were going to teach you the way of the Lord. Implied in that was that your parents were going to guide you to grow diligently in Christ. Uh, and which, which tells us that our allegiance ultimately is to Christ. And so when we talk about being honoring our parents and respecting obedience to them, that does not include things that are illegal and immoral. Why? Because we recognize that our first and foremost, our allegiance is to God. And those parents that are being faithful to this covenant, who are teaching the Shema, then their children are honoring them and being obedient to the biblical principles primarily passed on to them. So yes, it applies to honoring them, even in moments of not biblical principles, but clearly implicit in this command was that your parents were going to lay out, and we're going to teach you the Shema, and we're going to lay out a biblical um, covenant and pass that on and disciple the next generation. And so honoring them is also honoring the gospel heritage that is being passed on to you. So ultimately, it's teaching us to how we relate to God. See, when we think about the practicals to honor our father and mother, I want to talk to parents for a second because for those, for those in here who are sitting in as kids, because all of us are kids, but many of us are parents. When we think about honor our father and mother, the importance of teaching our kids to be obedient to you and the, teaching, the importance of teaching your kids to honor you and to respect you is important because if our kids are not obedient to visible authority, they'll never be obedient to invisible authority. And so to honor our father and mother is teaching our kids to recognize they are under an authority. And ultimately, they're under God's authority. And so I do think that honor your father and mother in light of the full context of the expectation of father and mother within uh, the biblical understanding is that they are to disciple you and teach you. And as you learn to be obedient to them, you're being trained to be obedient to the father. When I think about obedience with my kids and to teach them, I'm not teaching them to honor me and to be obedient to me just for the sake of honoring me and being obedient to me, even though that's, I think that's great. But because I also recognize it's an intentional way I'm discipling my kids to be 
to be respectful and to be obedient to the Lord. And so as parents, when we begin to think about that and we begin to think about how we teach our kids this respect, and I want to talk to uh, spouses for a second, and even those in here who are are single parents, your your child has another parent in some way, form, or fashion, I want to say how we speak about our spouse and how we speak to our spouse will also train our kids how to speak to us and about us. One of the things that my kids have never heard me do is, well, they've heard my wife and I get in a little arguments at times, absolutely. They're going to hear arguments. We can't fully avoid that. But I guarantee you, my kids have never heard me talk down to my wife. And I, I need you to know that behind closed doors, I don't talk down to my wife either. But nonetheless, that I know and recognize that how I treat my wife is very much teaching and modeling for my kids and vice versa. And so parents, I want you to be clear, is, is what you model for your kids, they will do. Uh, discipleship is caught, not taught, meaning that they're going to catch what you do more than what you say, that we reproduce who we are. And so if we are people who don't show honor or respect to others, whether it's a spouse you're married to or whether it's a parent that maybe you're even in a divorce or even um, y'all are not on the same page in a lot of ways, and there is a lot of toughness and difficultness you still have uh, an opportunity, even in much pain and hurt, to still speak in an honorable way. And how we speak to one another and about one another will train our kids how to speak to us and about us and how to also relate to the Father, the Eternal Father. And so I want to encourage us that as we, I want to encourage you as parents that this is a commandment for children, but this is also a commandment for parents to teach your children that when you at times discipline your children, you're teaching them to be obedient to you and you're teaching them to be obedient to the Lord. We talked about last week uh, in the Sabbath, I gave an example of when I was growing up playing competitive baseball and my parents' take understanding of the Sabbath was that we're going to prioritize worship. And so playing competitive baseball often had games on Sunday, which they would let me play on Sunday as long as I had first gone to church, prioritize worship. And I remember thinking, oh, I hated this rule. This is awful. And, and especially when I would then later go to a game and my teammates would give me a hard time for missing the game. Why, why could you, we needed you. Why couldn't you have been there? Or we lost and, you know, you weren't there. And then those were many of the times where I didn't speak very respectful about my parents. And I was like, oh, they gave me this dumb rule. I got to go to church. And, you know, but as I look back on that, as I, I recognize that, the example they set is what I'm following today. Not, not just because I want to honor them, but because they taught me, first and foremost, to honor and respect the Lord and respect Him. And so by disciplining me in that, it's led me now as an adult to model that out. And so, parent, I want to encourage you is how are you, how are you teaching um, your kids to be faithful, to honor you, and to be obedient to you? Even in our time of worship, I want, to, I want to encourage you is how are you engaging your kids even in this moment? Is we've talked about we like having our kids because I personally, because I said discipleship is called not taught, my kids are going to learn about worship from watching me worship. And so I want our, the next generation to see us set an example for them. And so because of that, we said we're, oh, our goal is not to have complete quiet and no distraction because we would rather have our kids in here even at times with distraction than not have our kids in here and have no distraction. But that doesn't mean at the same time 
We don't also want to be intentional and work to help them learn to engage in worship and to honor this time and to focus in on songs and to maybe even help them with songs and different things. But the requirement is explicitly honor your father and mother because implicitly how we honor our father and mother will relate to how we honor God. And so there's this implicit command that calls us to faithfulness to the Lord. And then lastly, let me wrap it up, is what is the reward? The reward is clear in the text. It says, so that your days may be long in the land your God is giving you. Let, let me just give real clear understanding of what this text is not saying. First of all, this text is in the plural all the way through, which means that the, that the writer, that God himself is speaking to the whole, not the individual. Meaning, that's not to say we can't go, well, uh, well, here I'm saying, you can't do this. Well, I've honored my father and mother. God can't kill me, or I can't die, or nothing happens, and I'm not trying to be whatever. I'm just trying to say, I've heard people say, well, I'm obedient to my parents, and so I know God's going, not ever going to allow anything bad to happen to me. Well, I think it's good that we have faith the Lord's going to protect us and take care of us, but this isn't what the text is saying. What the text is saying is that you as the people of God will continue to thrive in the covenant promise of intimate relationship with me and the blessings of me in the promised land if you continue to honor father and mother and the covenant heritage that is passed on to you. But if you do not listen to your father and mother and you do not listen to the covenant heritage that is passed on to you and you're not faithful to them and you're not faithful to me, you will not have my blessings for generations to come. It's, it's that simple. And when we read the rest of the Old Testament, we see that very thing happen. They are not faithful to the Lord, and God does not continue to pour out his blessings upon them. This is not an individual reward. It is a corporate reward. So I think it's right for us to go, God will bless me for being faithful to my parents, but understand he is speaking to the covenant people of God that as you are faithful to your parents and as you're faithful to the covenant message, you will continue to walk in the covenant blessings. How does this apply to us? Is that we, as we continue to walk in faith of Jesus Christ and to recognize that he is the one who uh, received and gave us our reward of eternal life, and then as we continue to have faith in him and filled with his grace and continue to walk with him and honor him, we will have covenant blessings for all eternity. This is a promise more to covenant blessings for eternity than just to think about how this immediately goes, well, God's gonna bless me because I was obedient to my parents. Teenager, if you walk out of here and simply go, well, I obeyed you, uh, parents, so God, now I'm expecting the car, or whatever, or whatever thing you think. This is not a, it's not a cash system of just going, God, I did this, so now you have to do this. But it's an invitation to God is bringing you into and inviting us in for generations and eternity to come to walk in a covenant intimacy of blessing with Him. This is the reward. And it's interesting that it's here with honor your father and mother because, once again, how we relate to the family is a beautiful picture in Scripture of how we relate to God and His kingdom. And if we honor our father and mother and we are faithful to the covenant that's passed on to us, then we will continue to walk in the covenant blessings for all eternity. I don't want to stretch it. I don't want you to walk out of here going, well, this command is really about not honoring your father and mother. No, it's very clear. Hopefully I've made that clear. But it's also implicit picture of what it means to walk in the covenant blessings from generation to generation and the blessings that come on God's people 
And so for us at New Hope Church, we, wanna, we, are God, we are part of God's people, and we want to walk faithful to him so that he would continue to pour out his kingdom blessings in our lives and on our church to see his glory continue to go out into the city so people respond to faith in Jesus, respond and have eternal life in Jesus, and so we will continue to walk faithful to him. I want us to see the relevance of this command to honor our father and mother. There's a, the family is important. The family is important. The requirement is that we are respect and we are obedient. Teenager, adult alike, there's a lot that can be unpacked there. But what is it? How can you honor your parents in whatever season of life you're in? How can you be faithful and honor the Lord in the season of life you're in? And recognize, as Paul said in Ephesians 6, this is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is that if you walk faithful with the Lord, he will be with you and continue to pour out his blessings upon you for all eternity in the person of Jesus. Let's pray. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you and we hope to see you soon.